Let us pray. Great God, thank you for the word that leads and guides us day to day. Open our hearts and minds to receive your word that we might be enlightened by the power of your Holy Spirit to share the good news with the world. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of Psalm 103, verses 1 through 13. Thanksgiving for God's goodness. Listen for the word of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, with good as long as you live, so that your youth, your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament reading is Romans 14, 1 through 12. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believers, uh, some believe in eating anything while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on slaves of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it for the Lord. Also those who eat, eat for the Lord, since they give thanks to God. While those who abstain, abstain for the Lord and give thanks to God. For we do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, so that 
he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each one of us will be held accountable. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, thank you for your word that strengthens us. Use me now, O Lord, as your vessel to speak your truth. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Paul makes some presuppositions in this passage. First, among the Christians in Rome, there are those who are weak in faith and conversely, others who are strong in faith. It appears that he is addressing those who are strong in faith because he begins by saying, welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Also in this first statement, it may be assumed that Paul categorizes himself as one who is strong in faith. So who exactly are those Christians in Rome? These early Christians were Jewish and Gentile converts to Christianity. Paul, like the majority of the earliest Christians, was a Jewish convert to the Christian movement. He was familiar with what it was like to be new, a new follower of Jesus Christ in the context in which Christians were a controversial minority. Paul was familiar with people's tendencies to argue about what to eat, how, and when as Jews and Gentiles gathered to worship the God of Jesus Christ. Who was Paul referring to as the weak in faith and the strong in faith? Well, during this time in Rome, there were Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. The Jewish Christians possibly were labeled as weak in faith because they followed traditions of eating kosher food and recognized certain holy days. Finding kosher food, meat in particular, would be a challenge for the Jewish Christians in Rome because individuals of other religions participated in animal sacrifices and portions of food sacrificed to idols were sold in the local markets. So rather than risk potentially consuming foods sacrificed to idols, the Jewish Christians chose to abstain from meat, only eating vegetables. On the other hand, the strong in faith, the Gentile Christians, characteristically exhibited a certain freedom because they were justified by their faith in Christ and not restricted by certain traditions regarding food, uh, holy days, or seasons of the year. At any rate, it is clear in this passage that there is tension between the weak and the strong in faith. A tension so great that they pass judgment against one another. Paul, sensing this tension, addressed 
it to a letter to the churches in Rome. Well, those who are weak in faith, but not welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything while others are while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not judge on those who eat. When have you passed judgment on a fellow believer? Some who are newly saved in Christ may need the boundaries of tradition and doctrine to help them along their journey as they grow in faith and in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Will you pass judgment on a fellow believer or will you help them along their faith journey? Remember, all are welcomed by God. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it for the Lord. Also those who eat, eat for the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain for the Lord and give thanks to God. Paul wanted the churches in Rome to understand that differences of opinion about what food to consume or not to consume and what days, weeks, or months to observe did not matter in the big scheme of things. It is an adiaphora, meaning matter of indifference, not fundamentally definitive of the Christian identity. Paul made the point that what mattered the most was honoring God and respecting one another for honoring God, no matter how different it looked one from another. Paul continued to point out in his letter to the Christians in Rome that everything that is done in life or in death is done for the Lord. It is because Jesus Christ lived, died, and was resurrected that he is Lord of all, the dead and the living. We belong to the Lord, and this is just cause for unity across the barriers of customs and taboos. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we, are all, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall speak praise to God. So then, each one of us will be held accountable. It is important to note the significance of Paul's questions in verse 10. Paul did not want the Jew Jewish and Gentile Christians in Rome to, be, uh, to appear to be divided. According to Bible scholars, the unity of Christians across traditional barriers is a sign of the principalities and powers that the greater rule, that there is a greater rule than Caesar's, and it had begun. Division among early Christian communities would have drawn the attention of Caesar, who was ruling at the time. Division would spark Caesar to expel the Jews once again, just as Claudius did under his rule. We should probably understand here that Jesus, 
The risen Messiah is the actual judge, even though the court comes under the overall jurisdiction of God, our creator. In any case, the point for the present is that all disputes between Christians over inessentials are now irrelevant. It is to God that all must give account. Today, what we learn from this passage is it is important that we stand united in Christ, loving God and neighbor, making time and space to honor God from the heart without passing judgment on one another because we are accountable to God in Christ. So how do we show a united Christian front honoring God without judging our brothers and sisters? Well, first, individually, we must become Christ-centered. We must grow and nurture a Christ and Christian-like mind. When we are baptized in Christ, we are transformed into a new life lived for Christ. Christ is our focus. Therefore, Christ should be at the center of everything that we do. And what does that look like? Well, from the time that we rise in the morning until the time that we go to bed at night, we should be thinking about Christ in everything that we do. In the morning, a prayer of thanksgiving for a new day to honor God with our lives. And if you exercise each morning, thank God that you have strength and the ability to get up and exercise. And for those who work, thank God for your job. But don't stop there. Consult God on the job and ask God's guidance and wisdom while you work. If you are a caregiver or a homemaker, pray to God for patience as you care for others. No matter what you do throughout the day, every second, every minute, every hour of the day is an opportunity to be in conversation with God through Jesus Christ. Put Christ at the center of your life because when you focus on Christ and all that you do, it will change the way that you see and interact with others. Focusing on Christ helps to take the focus off of other people and helps you to think before judging your brother or your sister. When we become Christ-centered, our love and relationship with God grows and we begin to love our neighbors as ourselves. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. God initiated a relationship with us by loving us first and Jesus graciously gave up his life on the cross and rose from the dead for our salvation. Brothers and sisters, love is the key. Love is rooted in the conviction that Jesus died for you and for me, and therefore, being a beneficiary of his self-giving love, one cannot deliberately put a stumbling block in the way of another beneficiary. In other words, don't pass judgment on your brothers or sisters for doing or being different from you. Taking care of one another and thinking how to avoid making life difficult for each other is of prime importance. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Friends in Christ, love is the key to not judging one another. Finally, when we move away from being judgmental and are Christ-centered, loving God and loving neighbors as ourselves, we become brothers and sisters united by our triune God. God initiated the relationship of love for us by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who lived, died, and was raised from death for our eternal life. And Christ sent the advocate, the Holy Spirit, to show us he is always with us. Therefore, we must stand united in Christ, telling his story, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with our family and friends, with neighbors and strangers alike, telling the whole world about salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Beloved, today we can rejoice in the fact that Christ, in Christ we are freed, freed from being judgmental of others because it has been written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each one of us will be held accountable in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.